Section 5 of Royal Romances of Today. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins, Monument, Colorado. Royal Romances of Today by Kellogg Durland. Part 1, Chapter 5 A Baptism of Blood. The last street to be traversed was the Calle Mayor. All the world remembers how, as the end of the street was almost reached, a huge bouquet in which was hidden a small iron casket was tossed from a balcony, striking immediately in front of the royal carriage. With a tremendous roar the casket exploded, killing more than thirty persons and wounding over one hundred, besides killing and maiming a number of horses. People in front of the royal carriage were killed, and behind the carriage, and even on the balconies above the street— I have seen the effect of many bombs in Russia and the Caucasus, but never have I seen the results of a bomb as extensive as this one. Great chunks were literally gouged out of huge granite blocks in nearby buildings, and people on the balconies at a distance, where safety would seem absolute, met instant death. To this day the traces of this bomb are to be seen in the Calle Mayor, to my thinking one of the most curious and interesting sights in all Madrid. The smoke had not cleared when the king, taking the head of his bride and queen between both his hands, kissed her tenderly. "'Are you wounded?' he anxiously asked. "'No, no, I am not hurt, I swear it,' she replied. The king threw open the carriage door, and as he stepped out, calmly saluted a flag which happened to be fluttering nearby. Then he assisted the queen, whose beautiful wedding-gown became smirched with blood." According to an ancient Spanish custom, a so-called carriage of respect was immediately behind the royal coach, a carriage which apparently was originally designed for any emergency. The king called for his carriage, and after seeing the queen comfortably seated, he turned to his equerries and in a clear voice said, very slowly, to the palace. Arrived at the palace, the king sprang lightly to the ground, and having given his hand to the queen, their majesties ascended the flight of steps with ceremonious deportment, as if nothing untoward had occurred. The king saluted all the princes in accordance with the demands of etiquette, and when one of the royal guests asked him if he remembered that this was the anniversary of the attempt in the Rue de Rohan in Paris, he replied with inimitable spirit, "'Yes, I remember, and I notice that the bomb has grown.' As soon as the king had arrived in the palace, he asked for exact information as to the number of victims. He received the reply, It is not yet possible to know. We only know that there are many dead and many wounded. Then the king passed his hand across his forehead, and, as if the words came from the bottom of his heart, said slowly, Now I feel what it is to be king, and I feel it because if I were not king I might have had the consolation of tears in the presence of so much blood and so many victims. His words were echoed in the heart of his young queen, who was, indeed, coming into her queenship under stress and trial. The next morning the king and his bride, evading the court guard, swept out of the palace gates in a motor-car, and slowly traversed the main streets of the city without escort or guard. Every inch of the way their majesties were frantically cheered by the populace, who appreciated their courage and considerateness in thus proving to the world at large that they had suffered no injury. Queen Victoria, as she was henceforth to be known, 
acknowledged the salutations by bowing continuously to right and to left and constantly waving her handkerchief in greeting to the people the members of the royal household were beside themselves with fear when they saw the king and queen in an automobile pass out of the palace gates into the city absolutely unarmed and unescorted but the king was wise that day he threw both himself and his queen bride on to the honor of the people as the car moved through the crowded thoroughfares the people were first stunned with amazement and then bewilderment gave place to a delirium of joyous enthusiasm eager hands grasped the car to pull and push it women fought desperately to get close to the brave couple and the queen's dress was actually torn to shreds by the multitude who sought to kiss the hem of her garment when they returned to the palace it was one o'clock in the afternoon thus began the queenship of the little english princess who heretofore had led a quiet sheltered life in her island home and among the scottish braes and moors and in the tranquil atmosphere of the court of st james queen victoria at this time may have recalled the lines of george meredith we see in mould the rose unfold the soul through blood and tears verily the soul of princess ina was tempered by fire and brought to its fullness through blood and tears on the day when she became at once a wife and a queen End of section five.